good morning. It is a good morning, even when you start off the song in the wrong key. Yeah, that's me. I'm sorry, guys. I was trying to test Gary to see if he knew what was going on, right? You passed, Gary. Good job. Well, this morning, uh, we're continuing in our uh, sermon series of Hungry, and we are uh, looking at the book of Romans. Today is a big day. We are here in Romans 8 and 9. I'm going to tell you up front that this is just too much for me to cover in one Sunday. Right? I usually try to keep the sermons under two hours, so that would push it a little over. So I said, you know what, we're going to just take a little bit. But this morning, you know, before we really get started, I had a set of questions that I was personally kind of going over myself uh, this past week. And these questions are this. The first one is, what do we know? Then what do we believe? What are we committed to? And what do we profess? Or what do we say that we believe? Now, Romans is a seriously heavy book. It's actually a letter from the Apostle Paul, right? It's, it's everything that Paul wanted to say to the church in Rome as he's sharing about our Christian faith, our journey and relationship with Jesus. Now, why is it important for us to go through a study of this type of book, this book of Romans? Well, it's important for us to, to be wrestling with what we believe, to think about the knowledge that we have and to really dig deep into our own understanding, our own theology. And theology is just a word that, that's saying, you know, what do we believe about God, right? Or to study about God. And we're all doing theology, whether we know it or not, right? We are all holding thoughts, making thoughts um, about who God is and what his attributes are, right? So we're all doing theology. But intentionally, in a study like this, we really want to focus on doing good theology. Right? So I have a, a circle diagram that I hope is helpful. And in the center there, you see we have knowledge. And we have knowledge. This is, uh, this is kind of a, a good sequence, if you will. Okay? We receive knowledge. We are exposed to truth. We, we receive that. We learn something. Right? And then the next ring is belief. Now, belief is more than just knowledge. Belief is that we learn something and then we act upon it, right? We, we begin to act based upon that belief, okay? The next ring that you see is commitment. Now, commitment just means that we make a decision. Uh, we've decided to do something based upon that knowledge and that belief, right? And then finally, that outer ring is profession, where we are standing up in front of people, having conversations, and we're saying, uh, this is what I believe, right? So that's profession. So let's, uh, let's go through an example. Let's uh, apply this diagram to something. How about this? Uh, uh, the last time, I think it was the last time that, that I preached, you know, I shared with, me, with you some of my own personal journey and, you know, how I have started this uh, kind of journey towards uh, health and taking care of myself a little better. And so you could say that I started with this knowledge, this understanding or this truth that 
that, hey, I, I need to take better care of my body, right? I have this knowledge that, you know what, if I don't get proper exercise balanced with, with good nutrition, then I'm really opening my body up to a higher risk of, of many different things. Uh, your doctor's probably told you, my, mine has told me that, that okay, if you're uh, not healthy, if you're overweight, then, hey, you're going to be more susceptible to things like heart disease, stroke, high blood pressure, uh, various types of cancers, gallbladder disease, gallstones, osteoarthritis, gout, a myriad of breathing problems like sleep apnea and uh, asthma, you know, all these different things, right? And I think most of us, we can accept that. We can say, oh, yeah, you know what, it makes sense. And, um, you know, if you've ever gone on, like, a week or more of just eating kind of foods that, you, that people would say, ah, oh, it's not good for you, like McDonald's every day, you actually start to feel sick, right? You don't feel good. So I think we can all kind of say, all right, yeah, I can accept that. That's truth. You got to take care of your body. And if you do, then you're going to be, uh, you know, on a better track to be healthy, right? So I have that knowledge. Actually, I've had it for a long time. Right? Even as a child in school, these are things that they uh, taught us, right? But maybe I didn't really believe it. Maybe we didn't really believe it. Maybe it's kind of like a fairy tale. Like we, we think, wow, that's a, that's a cool story. That's a nice thought. But do we really believe it? Does it really move us to act in relation to that knowledge? Like the truth, you know, or, or sometimes it can actually be that that, yeah, we receive that at true, but there's something else that we hold higher than that. You know, like, hey, I should be eating healthy. I should watch what I'm eating. But then, man, cream pies and pizza, you know, it's pretty good. I think that's a little better than, than uh, a broccoli and apples. And, and so this side kind of wins out. And, and I'm like, you know what? I know that this seems to be true, but I also know that the truth is this is really yummy food. So, so that wins out, right? Well, for me, a month ago, I said, you know what? Okay, I have this knowledge, and I believe it. I, I'm, I'm going to believe it. I want to act upon that, right? So what did I do? I, uh, I said, you know what? I need to change my behavior, right? And so I committed. I committed to join a gym connect with coaches there that keep me accountable. And, uh, you know, I chose that, hey, I'm going to be active maybe three to four times during the week. Uh, and so I also committed, uh, you know, one of my coaches told me, hey, you're going to have to track what you're eating. You know, so I committed to, to using an app on my phone, and, and I track the types of food, the nutrients that my body's getting. And, uh, and that's what I've been doing. And here I am professing to you sharing to you with you what I believe and how I put that into action right and I can honestly say that that yeah that you know what I've done these things and going back to that that knowledge and that belief that yeah I, I believe that that's true um, but this diagram I think we all know that it, it can also break down or we can take these things out of sequence Okay, so, so there's always a problem when we take some things out of sequence. So think with me for a moment. B, 
because looking at this diagram, people often profess or they say things that they're not committed to. People can commit to something that they don't even believe in, much less have information or knowledge about. And people can believe things that are not true, right? And in regards to our Christian beliefs, the things that we hold on to as truth that shapes how we live, in regards to these things, I would argue that there's many voices and many people who do all these things. They'll teach about things they're not committed to. There's people who are very committed to something, but they don't really believe in it, and they don't know about it either. And there's lots of people who say things, who do things that are just lies, right? They're just based upon lies. But the thing is that many people, they don't mean that. They mean well, right? They, they genuinely mean well, but they've just gone out of sequence. That's why it's important for us to really take time to be diligent and intentionally come to the Word of God to say, you know what? I need to go to the source, to God's Word, and to receive that knowledge from Him before we jump right to you know, other people's opinions. I would say in your own personal study, before you even go into commentaries or, or books, read the scripture. Just read it. Say, God, would you speak to me through your word? And let me read this. And then as I dig deeper, then maybe I want to bring in and listen to what are other people's thoughts on this scripture. But I start with the scripture. Right? I pray that God would, would open our eyes, right? And so what I've tried to do this morning is begin to get our brains to think and, and to kind of go in this sequence and to think, well, what do you know about God? What do you believe about God that actually affects your actions? I've heard it said before. I don't know where I first heard this, but uh, I love it. I, I repeat it often. Even to myself, I have to do this, where, where I tell myself that, you know what? You only believe, remember, believe is taking that knowledge and acting upon it. You only believe the parts of the Bible that you live. Think about that. You only believe the parts of the Bible that you live. And finally, what are you committed to? Because I believe that if you're committed to something then it's not really hard to jump to that next profession step, right? You're going to be talking about it. It's going to come up in your conversations. So applying this to our life. Now, our life here on earth is short. It's very short. We really don't have time to just be cruising on autopilot, right? We need to be vigilant to grow in our knowledge of who God is, our relationship with Jesus, and be focused on the mission that he's put before us. We don't have time to play games, right? You know what the difference is uh, between teenage dating and uh, later life adult relationships? The adults know what they want, right? They know what they're looking for, and they're more direct. They get to the point. They're serious. They have come to this point in their life where they say, hey, my life is finite. 
I don't have all the time in the world. Kids, on the other hand, kids, they play games. They pass notes. They look at social media. They wonder, oh, does he like me? Does she like me? Does he not? Do you like this? Do you like? They, they go around in circles. They play games, right? It's kind of like that. Is that if we have good theology, if we see that, hey, our lives here on earth are just a small portion, a tiny speck in light of eternity, man, we don't have time to be playing games. We don't have time to be just messing around with meaninglessness, right? We need to be focused on the things that God has called us to and really living out what he's put before us, to, to go into all the world, to, to make disciples, to baptize, to teach them, right? He's given us a mission, and he's empowered us to follow his will for our life. Well, that, that's, uh, that's enough of an intro, right? I said under two hours, so I, I promise to do that. Uh, so let's pray. Let's pray with me. Lord God, God, would you speak through your living word today? Would you challenge our hearts and minds? Help us to dig deep into what we know and believe so that we can grow and we can overflow the love of God to those around us. Help us to put aside meaningless and foolish things so that we might put before us the awesome and wondrous calling of living as God's children and bringing others into this as well. Amen. Uh, Pastor John Piper, uh, he says, the challenge of Christian life is to learn to live as the new people we have become and to increasingly reject the old we once were. How is this possible? Right? We receive truth, knowledge, and then with the help of the Holy Spirit, we're able to apply that knowledge to our lives. We're able to believe, to have faith, to commit to live as God has called us. And that's how we grow as Christians, right? The, we become more and more like our Father God. Now, last week, Pastor Jenny walked us through Romans chapter 6 and 7. And I love what she said about righteousness and how she broke that into multiple parts, into three sections, right? And, and she said it's, there's right standing before God, right living for God, and how God is making all things right. right? In his big picture, he's making all things right. And I think, actually, those first two points really go well with what God put on my heart for today. And so let's, let's go through that. The first one says, right standing before God. Now, if you've been reading along, earlier in Romans 3, in Romans 3, Paul told us that all have sinned, right? Nobody has, has, is above that, except for Jesus, right? Nobody, that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. And none of us can escape the verdict that in the court of judgment, we would all receive that, that guilty, right? And we would be sentenced to spiritual death, sentenced to separation from God. Yet God in his love creates a way for us to avoid this. Last week, uh, Pastor Jenny, there's a section at the end of Romans 7, in verse 24, Paul cries out and he says, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Right. 
He's saying, man, I'm so messed up. Can you imagine the Apostle Paul? He's done all these wonderful things, and he's saying, I'm messed up. I am so messed up. I even try to do good. I try not to sin. The things that I focus on, I'm like, I'm not going to do this, and yet I do them. It's like, I don't know why. I just, my flesh is so weak, right? He's crying out, who is going to deliver me from this body of death? And in Romans 8, 1 to 3, we see that answer to this question, to this groaning, as he says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So we see we're in this situation. We are subject to this law of sin and death. Our sin will lead to spiritual death. What is that? It's eternal separation from God. Right? Now, maybe, um, I don't know, I was trying to think of a solid example, but uh, you know, maybe in a movie you've seen something, or maybe on the street or talking to people you've seen an example, but there's kind of this like half-joking uh, mentality where where I, I picture some guys, you know, and they're partying, they're having a good time, and someone's kind of like, hey, man, you know, that's not cool. You need to stop. And and they're kind of self-admitted like, oh, you know what? We're all sinners. You know what? I know. I'm a sinner. I'm going to hell. Hey, man, I'll see you in hell, and, and we'll be partying in hell together, right? It's just like, oh, it'll be cool. You know, yeah, we know we're not going to get to heaven, but hey, it's cool. We'll just keep partying, right? Well, newsflash is it won't be a party. There will be no friendship, no love, no joy, no laughter, right? This is separation from God. And all those things, all those attributes, all those qualities, those are things of God. So that kind of thinking is totally wrong in that, no, none of that's going to be there in hell. It's going to be complete separation from God. That's scary to me. When I think about all the great things that I enjoy in life, all the blessings, all the things that I say, man, that's, that's what makes this life great. None of those things are going to be there. right? Well, that's where we are. right? We are judged by the law of sin and death. But God makes a way. He sends his son, Jesus. And Jesus is righteous. He has no sin. He steps in. He pays the penalty for our sin. He satisfied the law of sin and death with his own death so that we wouldn't have to if we accept his gift of grace by faith. Now, that's a big if. right? How many of you know that that anyone can give a gift, but that gift still has to be received, right? It has to be received. When I proposed to my wife, we went on a walk on the beach. I had this gift for her, this engagement ring. I got down on one knee, 
And I tried to yell out over the, the waves, you know, would you marry me? And she laughed at me. <laughs> and she said, oh, you're kidding. Get out of here. Started walking away. I said, no, I'm serious. Look, can you see? It was a little dark, so eyesight's not that great. But she had to see, right? And the gift has to be received, right? We can give a gift. We can offer something, but it has to be received, right? So there's this if. And that, that, that law of sin and death, that law is in effect until something overcomes it. Now, I love how, how uh, we see and we can talk like science and that can be used to describe faith. Uh, and really, you know, they're, they're all related, right? As God is creator. Um, for example, one of the things that I often use, maybe too much, is this example of gravity. Gravity is something that affects us all. Now, I wanted to be, uh, uh, you know, kind of academic, and I went online and, and was searching for a long time for an explanation, a proper explanation of what is gravity, and um, I just got more confused. So, uh, in today's language, this is what someone wrote, is in today's language, the law of universal gravity, talking about from Newton, states that every point mass attracts every other point mass by a force acting along the line intersecting both points. The force is proportional to the product of the two masses and inversely proportional to the square of the distance between them. Some of you guys are like, Ed's nodding his head like, yep, that's right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, buddy. <laughs> All right, if you say so, right? In my words, there's an attraction between these objects or this mass, and, and closer you are, the stronger that pole, the farther away it kind of diminishes. Uh, but in kind of kids' terms, that's what I need, right? In kids' terms, like... You drop something, it's going to fall to the ground, right? That's what happens. We drop something, it falls to the ground. Uh, it's pulled to the ground. That's gravity in, in uh, a basic, basic uh, understanding, right? And, and I believe this. Right? I, I, I can honestly say I believe this because you don't see me jumping off any buildings. You don't see me jumping off bridges uh, thinking that I'm going to fly. Uh, I learned at a very young age that, yeah, gravity is real, that if you jump off something, you're going to fall down, right? Um, so I, I, I have an example. And um, I hope you can kind of see this chair here. Um, when I think about gravity and things that can withstand gravity, um, this came to my attention. But, but you see, I, I think I'm kind of like a piece of paper, right? This is an example. And this paper is what? It's subject to the law of gravity, right? And when I drop this, it falls. It just, it falls, right? Now, uh, this was a, a gift given to me. Oh, thank you, Wenshai. Uh, it's a magnet, right? And magnets are able to withstand this law of gravity if they, you know, attach to something, right? Like, like this metal piece. Um, you can show the picture of my fridge um, or my uh, kind of freezer. There's, there's uh, you know, we use magnets, right? Why? Because the paper on its own cannot stand up, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take me and um, let's turn that frown upside down and... I'm going to use, um, I'm going to accept this gift of tape. And I'm going to 
join myself to this magnet. And now I'm able to withstand that law of gravity, right? I'm just there, hanging out on the chair, smiling, right? So the paper is kind of like, you know, gravity is kind of like this law of sin and death. It can't escape it. There's nothing that that paper can do to make itself stop that force of gravity that pulls it to the ground. But if we are joined to Christ, that if, that big if, we're joined to Christ who is able to withstand that law, then we're able to withstand it as well. Right? This is how we have right standing with God, or right standing before God. We stand in the courtroom in this judgment, and instead of receiving the guilty sentence for our sin, we're, equi- we're freed because Jesus has paid that penalty for our sin, right? Because we are joined to Christ, then we escape that. But if we separate ourselves, if we are not in Jesus, then once again we fall, right? This is what we call in Christian terms justification. We are seen as just. We're made right with God. We're saved because of what Christ has done for us, that we've received that, right? That next part that, that Pastor Jenny mentioned is right living for God, all right? We're doing right. We're living for God. In studying Romans, I notice a lot of things mentioned. They're really contingent upon our faith, right? That if we believe these things, we're going to do these things, right? And Paul takes that idea of salvation, uh, he really uh, describes that as not like, hey, this one and done event that, that, you know what, you were saved and that's it. Just cruise, chill for the rest of your life. No, he's describing this continuous journey, this working out of our faith, this, this wrestling with God as we are fighting our, our flesh and trying to be more holy, trying to be more like God, right? And so, again, when we look back at Romans 8, 1, and Paul says there is now no condemnation for who? For those who are in Christ Jesus. Right? He explains that how we are saved is that we have life in the Spirit. And we're, if we're following the Holy Spirit, then, that's, then you know, we experience that, that salvation. Right? And... There's this awesome reality in verse 14 to 17, 8, 14 to 17. Um, I think I'll just read 8, 14 to 15, which says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Right? That's like saying, Daddy, Daddy. That's the relationship, right? That if we're his children, then we share as heirs in the kingdom. And so if we have that knowledge, that truth, that reality, then that's going to move us to an understanding and to living in that identity as children of God, as heirs of the kingdom. And so we are going to be doing things we are going to be living. We're going to be about our Father's business, right? And so in Pastor Jenny's example, the sequence is we have right standing with God first, and then we have right living 
right? Right standing, and that leads us to right living for God. And so that's the sequence. Really what's being said there is that first we receive justification, right? We are, are freed from this law of sin and death. And then because we're saved, we receive the Holy Spirit, and we are compelled, we are guided, we are moved to follow the Spirit and live a life that follows Christ, and we begin to pursue right living for God, and this process is a lifeline journey we call sanctification. Right? We are becoming set apart, we are becoming like God, we are becoming holy. And as we live for God, we experience transformation. We become more like God in that we understand that we are able to possess some of these qualities through the Holy Spirit, that, that we are able to experience supernatural peace, joy, love, so on and so forth. I can tell you that for myself, I believe this is true, as when I think about myself 10 years ago, I'm not the same person that I was then. Yes, I feel like Paul, where I said, how wretched man that I am. Come on, who's going to save me from myself? But when I look at myself and I think, well, you know what? I haven't arrived yet, but there's progress. God has been working on my heart. He has been working on my life. And I have a better understanding of who he is and how he's called me to live today than I did years back. That sequence is important, though. And here's why. I think that, that in our lives in society and culture it just makes sense to get that mixed up and so what happens is it's easy for for us to say hey i'm gonna live right for god i'm gonna do good i'm gonna live a righteous life why so that i can have a good standing with god I'm going to live right so that I can be right with God. He'll be happy with me. I'll do enough good and I'll get into heaven. I'll do enough good that God will like me. But that sequence, that order, is death. How many of you know that there's a lot of good people that don't have right standing with God? They don't have relationship with God. They haven't received that gift of salvation. All they're doing is good things. And so that sequence is important, that we have received that gift of grace through faith, that we say, yes, Lord, I received that, what you did for me on the cross, and because of that, I'm compelled to follow you. I'm moved to live right, right? To experience a life of freedom, this life that doesn't go back into fear, but is full of joy and peace and bears great fruit. We need to have that order right. And for myself, that's something I got to remind myself because it's easy for me to get focused on doing the right things and not remembering that it's first because of what Christ did for me. That's why I can serve him. That's why I can follow him. That's why I move to to do these things for him because he first loved us. Now here's your, your weekly challenge and we're going to talk about this and then we're going to get into groups. Um, 
No, is read Romans 8 to 9. Like I said, we just scratched the surface. There's so much in these two chapters. Uh, read Romans 8 to 9. Pay attention to the things that, that require faithful action. Uh, you know, God puts that gift out there, but we got to receive it. We got to receive that, and, and really, you know, we're called to live that out. So read Romans 8 to 9. Grow is consider areas of your life that are out of sequence. Things that you say you believe, but maybe you're not committed to. Or maybe you don't act like you believe, right? That's just one example. But look at the things in your life, evaluate. You know, is there things in my life that are kind of out of sequence? And then overflow. Set out, set a goal to work on and pray about. Um, maybe an example is maybe uh, you want to grow in the promise of God's provision for you or God's love for you, God's forgiveness, uh, whatever that is. What would it look like for you to live like you really believe what God says about this, right? So those are your challenges. No, grow, overflow. And just like everything we talked about today and every week, you know, it's great that you're here. Praise God for that. that we get to share in this time. But, but, you know, as we go through this time and receive from his word, if we don't apply it to our lives, it's like, what's the point? What's the point? What's the purpose? Right? It's meaninglessness. We're just filling our head with information. I mean, today is a day and age when we have more information than ever before. Right? And yet the world's still messed up. So we need to apply that. Okay, so let's get into our small groups. And in your small group, just find two to three people around you. And we're going to take a few minutes to go over this. I, uh, for the small groups, uh, first let's give the question. Oh, there it is. Good job, guys. Uh, read Romans 8, 31 to 35, and then discuss in your group. Do you feel like you're living this out? Like that truth that's in this scripture, are you living that out? Are you living like you believe that? Uh, it talks about our identity in Christ. So, so talk about that in the group. And then I'll give you a few minutes for that. And then what's going to happen is while you're still in your groups, uh, Pastor Toby and Jenny are going to come around with communion elements. They're going to pass them out to you. And then will you just hold on to those? And then as a church together, we'll take them together. So first they'll pass them out in your groups. And then I'll lead us into time of communion. And then we'll, we'll uh, finish the service that way. Okay, so let's go break, turn the lights all the way on and get into our groups. And you could put the scripture on, on here for people that don't have the Bible. So let's come in.
question is, do you feel like you are living like you believe this? The things, the truth that's in this passage, do you feel like your life, that you're living this? And maybe there's different degrees. Maybe you're saying, yeah, in this area of my life, I think I really believe that and I'm living according to that. But, but maybe in other areas, uh, not really. I'm, I'm just treating it kind of like, I should be healthy, but cream puffs are so good. So, right? <laughs> 